Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please... Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth as the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown!
having just assisted Sylvia Tome, the science gnome, uh, and her her stars team uh, in defending their encampment against uh, stray bolts that were uh, raiding their perimeter fence, uh, the the science hero herself um, towers beneath you because she's a gnome and she's shorter than all of you. But uh, towers beneath you in in her uh, uh, sort of uh, you know rock star scientist outfit. Um, she's flipped her goggles up, um, wet cigarette hanging from her lip. Uh, and uh, she's just demanded to know who the fuck you are and how the fuck she can pay you back. Around you, um, members of uh, the STARS team are rapidly um, kind of like uh, dealing with all the blown out speakers and gear. Um, Sylvia's uh, like rock cord of um, electric diffusion has uh, has blown out a lot of the equipment in the way that, you know, a properly strummed rock cord does. Um, but none of them are doing it in a... Uh, like there, there's no grumbling about like their gear being wrecked. This this seems to be the purpose, and there's a lot of um, uh, very casual like kind of um, Star Wars junk trader stuff going on in the background. Where's a lot of like not nope, broken and just like throwing pieces away and replacing things where they can, um, as well as securing the tent uh, against the elements. Um, uh, Duncan and Maka, uh, you've made your way inside the tent as well. You've all kind of um, gathered up. Um, there are, uh, you get the sense that everyone, uh, a good way to think about um, the Stars crew is to think of them a little bit like astronauts. Uh, we talked earlier about them being sailors, but I think this is, a, astronauts is a kind of a good um, mental model for this because they all start like treating the wounded, but you can tell no one here is a doctor. Well, there, there's a bunch of doctors, but none of them are like MDs. So yeah. there's a lot of um, a lot of kind of field dressing and a lot of um, like people have clearly been trained in first aid, but particularly to your eye, Maka, um, these aren't. There's no medic here. This is just like, oh, if you got wounded in space, who would help you? Your fellow astronauts, and they would do the best they can. Um, so uh, immediately they they set about. Um, Healing, again, uh, just as a, a quick reminder, um, wearing green jumpsuits um, that seem to be somewhat, um, now that you've seen them up close, um, uh, seem to have some degree of electrical insulation, um, which is how these these folks held out for so long. Um, mix of goblins and gnomes, um, and uh, very, very businesslike. Basically, because Sylvia is dealing with you, no one else cares. No one else is paying attention. Uh, Duncan, you get occasional like slaps on the back from people in kind of like a you know, warriors who've just been through a fight kind of way, but they're not stopping what they're doing to do that. It's just, if they can get you on the way by, um, there's like little nods. Um, Maka, you get the occasional like little little thumbs up because um, you you kept Stabo uh, up and in the fight. Um, and uh, Ita, um, there's, you get some workman-like nods uh, from people as they go about their business because you, you did manage to save the day uh, when that couplink came loose. Um, your hair is currently like you, you've got the full like comedy um, frizz going on. <laughs> awesome, um, which makes you look extra sciencey. So you know you're you're, <laughs> you're extra big in, in their books. Um, nevertheless, um, your your hero stands before you, uh, having asked a question um, and identified you as as a as a good fan. Um, Duncan, you can feel uh, feel her eyes kind of like clearly like sizing you up like darting up and down your body um you can tell she like her eyes keep shooting to your like chest and abs um and you get the sense that she is like trying not to check you out but only at 50 percent um she's clearly not putting on too much of an effort to prevent this um as she like takes off her giant burnt out electric guitar um and starts like patting herself down for cigarettes what do you do 
Well, he'll introduce himself. That's what Duncan does. This outfit is much more survivalist than his usual, but he'll still do the full kind of courtly, uh, a polite bow kind of thing, but a little showier with use of his his rain hat. <laughs> sure. I'm Duncan Kendano, first captain of the Dawnbreakers. Uh, this is Ita from the Empire of Numbers and Maka Deathcap, the gravekeeper of the Tortles of Bleen. We'd really like access to the Spiros Observatory, if that would be possible. That would be a great form of repayment. Um, and uh, she kind of laughs as she she takes her like soggy cigarette out and kind of throws it away um, and pulls a still somewhat soggy cigarette out of her pack, gives it like a death glare for popping it in her mouth. Um, she says, all right, so let me get this straight. We got uh, we got Duncan Ken Handsome over here. We got World's Greatest Fan and Maka Deathkeeper of... Uh, of Bleen? Hmm. You may call me Maka Deathcap. That Fair. title is no longer befitting. That's good. That's good. You know, accuracy is a is a great thing. <laughs> a lot of us here, we got so many titles. Uh, we got to pick the one that's most appropriate. Like, um, uh, yeah, you see, uh, like Rick over there. Rick is uh, is actually a biologist, but <laughs> who the fuck needs biology out here, right? So we just call him Doc right now. It's good. I like that, uh, Maka. That's great. That's great. And uh, world's biggest fan, Ida. You well, did fantastic work. Uh, I, I mean, while we're we are going for accuracy, I do not know that I am your biggest fan. I am definitely in awe of all that you do, but um, I believe that is hyperbolic, and. Um, I, I am also a, a doctoral candidate. I have s- spoken to you before. I have seen you speak at the Apex Institute. This is, I, I mean, this is a lifelong dream of, well, I wouldn't say lifelong. I haven't known you my entire life, but my academic lifelong dream to to meet you uh, again and, and speak with you more than just, you know, just in, in passing. Um she uh, smiles as she lights the cigarette, like clearly giving you time to ramble. Um, yeah. And in the way that um, I think a lot of people at conventions do. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely in that, like, she recognizes how much it matters to you to get all of this out. So she's fully giving you time. She's also having a hell of a time lighting the cigarette because it's a wet lighter and a wet <laughs> cigarette. Um, and uh, as you finish, she just uh, smiles and says, uh, Wow. Oh, I think Tyler Maka, I, I see I see a fingy. Maka casts uh, produce flame. <laughs> just um, like cigarette for her. She uh great. She immediately just like <laughs> flicks the lighter away and like winks at you. Um and then uh turns to Ida and says, Wow, so uh beautiful, smart, and precise and humble. That's a that's a hell of a combination. We're gonna have a real problem here, I think. Uh, friendos, but uh, till then, welcome. You're welcome to our tent. Uh, my name is uh, Sylvia Tome, the science gnome, as uh, you heard from my uh, my yelling earlier. Uh, the bitch was obviously not meant for you guys. I just yell that when when I, I need, um, you know, bitches to know that they shouldn't fuck with me and my crew. So uh, I'm glad that the electrical bitches fucked off because uh, science, right? Anyway, um, you're most welcome here. I didn't Edith's kind, you- of, kind of tilting her head just like <clears throat> inquisitive, like this is... This is odd. <laughs> um, Sylvia takes like a long drag off the cigarette and uh, just like sighs in relief in the way that like, like I'm not a smoker, but I do love coffee. And it's the way that I feel when I haven't had a coffee in a bit. And I finally get that first sip and I'm like, oh, welcome back, drug. Get in me. Um, and um, a uh, just a, a purple flame um, and sort of a, a little drift of, of a purple smoke comes off it. Um, and uh, she says, so uh, 
yeah, we're the uh, my uh, my team here, and I um, <clears throat> we would love. <laughs> Duncan uh, can hands him over there. We'd love to get into the Spiros Observatory ourselves. Uh, that's actually kind of why we're here. Um, these folks, as I said, they're my scientific tactical active response squad. Uh, you can call them stars. It's easier. Um, we are uh, here on a mission from Apex, as, uh, as uh, our, our smart and precise uh, friend over here has indicated. And uh, we are also trying to get into the observatory, but that's not quite the easy ride uh, we all thought it would be. But hey, what's... What's field work if it's easy, right? Bullshit. That's what it is. So we'd love to help you. Um, do you do you find folks have a key of some sort? I mean, uh, looks like uh, Maka just Maka over here has got got some skills. You got my my smoke going, which is fantastic. Uh, I understand, Duncan. Uh, you're out there mixing it up with uh, with Stabo. Always impressive. Uh, he's one of our, our best fighters. Also incredibly good at equations. Uh, it's a strange combination, but we, we kind of like it. Um, did, did you guys figure out a way in just having trouble getting over there? Like what's, what's, what's the deal? What's going on here? Well, we know there's some sort of key required for the structure, which we do not have, but we saw from the records of your crashed ship that you have some kind of improvised key. Um, and for the first time her face falls a little bit. Um, and it's, it's a full, uh, like, Kate McKinnon frustrated, like kind of like almost Charlie Brown yell to the sky kind of deal. Um, and uh, she's like, uh, yes, yes. Uh, okay, well, good. Uh, honestly, truth be told, I'd be a little bit pissed if you did have a key because we worked really hard on this thing. And if you just found one laying around, that'd make me feel like a real asshole. Yeah, no, we got one. Uh, but it got damaged in the uh, in the landing. And we're actually not sure if there's power going to the station. If there isn't, then we can't really do much in there at all so yeah we do and she kind of just gestures and um a goblin um woman who is uh her arms in a sling uh, but she just kind of waves and uh brings over like a, a metal um carrying case uh sort of like you would like you know any any sort of like small tool case um that's sort of padded and insulated so and um she goes someone didn't properly latch the Acropic case and behold, and she opens it up and um, inside uh, there's a marvelous device. Um, and uh, again, Ida, we, we described um, the empire is not leaning too heavily into uh, like metal technology, but mm -hmm. definitely into um, mechanisms. Um, and I think um, for both you and Duncan, Maka, I don't think you give two shits what the key looks like. It's just a key. Um, but Duncan, this this thing looks uh, looks like next level um, Orville. Like Orville is again fairly technologically advanced in terms of just the the mechanisms that kept it aloft. Um, but this thing is a marvel. Um, you can think of it as um, kind of a, a small orb um, that has a, a variety of like small gimbaled arms, something that looks like a corkscrew, like a bunch of different pieces coming off of it. Um, and at the center, there is a um, a stone, a, a sort of a beautiful um, jagged crystal um, that is cracked and dull. Um, but uh, and you can see that there are like bits of the crystal kind of everywhere throughout the box. Um, but uh, Sylvia gestures to it and she says, uh, "Yeah, we call this the Acra Pick. Uh, basically, like we didn't. All we knew from the reports of people who had already failed to get into Spiros was that." Uh, the locking mechanism uh, requires a very specific key. And they looked around and most of them died either in the attempt or had to abandon it. So we thought, 
fuck that. We'll just Gordian knot this shit, right? So uh, why make one key when you could make all the keys? So uh, this thing can open just about any lock that we've been able to uh, find. We've talked to a bunch of dwarven artificers in some of the fortresses. Um, we took this over to the Empire, and she kind of like gives <laughs> finger guns to uh, to Yuida. Um, <laughs> she says, uh, you know, we... Um, we basically talked to as many people as we could to get us a sense of what kind of locks exist in the world and then uh, figured out ways to open it. So this thing should be able to open whatever is up at Spiros. Uh, but the power source was broken on landing. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not exactly something you just carry a spare of. That said, um, we think we may have found a solution to both of our problems, both the power source and uh, to the tower and the power source here to the, uh, the Acropic. Uh, before we went down, um, we picked up major um, mechanical readings uh, just a little bit uh, east of here. Um, there's something there that is uh, generating a ton of power. And uh, at the very least, we, we hope to see if it's maybe the power source for, for the observatory itself. And ideal, if we can scavenge anything, they'll get the acro pick back up and running. Um, as you can see, it's a mix of technology and magic, which means it's very, very temperamental. And unfortunately, without a magical power source, it's really not much use to anyone. So, um, as I said, we owe you one. The entire Stars team here does. And, you know, we uh, we, we respect those who, who help out with the scientific method. And she kind of, like, points to your sword, Duncan, and says, and your scientific method was excellent at killing these uh, living uh, electrical creatures. Uh, so good good method. Um, if you want to come with us, uh, we'd, we'd be happy to uh, to have the, the help. Uh, and uh, more importantly, um, if we figure out a way to get up into the tower, we can all go together. Well, I believe our goals are aligned. So I can't speak for my friends, but I'll be joining you in this quest to fix your acro peck. She just smiles and she says, oh, good. Uh, you do know that it goes without saying that I will be uh, hel helping in ev I mean, every way possible, yes. Ida, dear, for one so precise as you, I would assume nothing would go without saying, but I'm glad you said it. And then she winks at you and takes a drag off the cigarette. Ida does not know how to respond to this at all. What is your goal in reaching this observatory? Um, she she kind of gives you like a, a more solid nod. Um, you get the sense that, uh, and Maka, I think for you, this would actually be pretty common um, because people who kind of have errors about them may, have always made no sense to you. Just they take longer to get to a point. Um, with Duncan, he always seems to get to the point while having flair. So it's kind of worked out. Um, but uh, you get the sense, and I mean, Ida, you would pick up on this as well, but I think you would pick up on it as like, no, 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 like she's, She's a rock star. Don't fucking ask. Like mm. she ha obviously has a reasons. Like, don't worry about it. Um, it's like going like Doctor Hawking. Hey, why are you curious about like the theories of gravity? <laughs> and he's like, fuck off. Like it's there's no reason to ask him that, right? Um, but um, she gives you a look, Maka, and you know you'd read this as frustration just on an academic level. Um, but Maka, you can tell that you've broken her flow a bit, and this doesn't seem like an unreasonable question to you. Um, Duncan, I feel like you'd probably catch this. Yeah, Duncan would be watching her pretty closely. The only reason Duncan didn't ask is because he figures she'd probably lie and he'll learn more about behavior. But Maka is actually the perfect foil for Duncan to be able to observe behavior without being the instigator, which is yep. his favorite tactic. 
So can you roll me a... Hmm. Um, I feel like this falls under perception, but I don't know if that necessarily feels right to me. But, but Insight? If it's tough, yeah, I would take... I'd take ins- let's go... Yeah, I'd say uh, insight or perception. Insight okay. does seem like the right... Let's Yeah, let's go with insight. Yeah. It's a six. Fuck me. Six. Um, okay, I mean, uh, even even with a failed check, like, you're, you're, you're not, like, just, like, closing your eyes and, like, pulling your shirt up over your head. Um, you, still, uh, you still observe it, but um, unfortunately, I think you're um, – we'll say that you get distracted in the moment by, um, uh, like, there's a yell um, that, that kind of just, like, draws your attention because, of course, any – as someone who's like always mm-hmm. vigilant. Um, so you whip around and uh, you see that Stabo has woken up quite suddenly and is like flailing around a bit. Um, and then um, he sees you in a big, like he's got like a hockey player's smile. So just like missing a bunch of teeth, mm-hmm. big grin. He just leaps off the table, like trailing bandages, mm-hmm. runs over and just leaps up and gives you a hug being like, my brother, Ah, oh, we made good science. Uh, so while you're being hugged by the excited goblin berserker, you unfortunately miss this this uh, interaction. Um, so um, she uh, she looks back to you, uh, Maka, and just says, um, "Look, uh, that's a fair question, of course, of course. Um, but uh, this place is fascinating, wouldn't you agree?" Weather doesn't work the way it's supposed to here. And I mean, you, you're, and she just kind of like quickly glances, like looks you up and down a little bit more seriously. She's like, what, you're, um, actually, oh, fuck it, I'll just roll for her. Hmm. Yeah, she gets it. She's like, um, you, 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 you deal in what, spores? Hmm. Yeah. Ish. Okay, fantastic. So you're tuned to the natural world. This, none of this is natural. Am I right, Turtle Man? Yes, you are correct. I have been seeking balance in a number of different ways. And it seems throughout my travels, I have found that Gren is out of balance in almost every, every perceivable way. Um, and she just kind of gives you like a solid nod um, and a bit of the frostiness kind of melts. And she just kind of goes, yeah, that, that, that right there, this, this place, this whole world, it's chaos. It's chaos and madness. And yeah, I mean, sure, people say it's fine. And oh, yeah, oh, like it was better off than we were with the, the necrotists and all that shit. But but it's it's chaos, right? This place is chaos. I don't like chaos, at least not chaos I can't understand. So me and my team are here to figure out why the rain is falling upward, why the storms don't work anymore, and to figure out what this place was. I feel like people tapped into something here they didn't understand. And they just started using it. And look, I get it. People are curious. That's at the heart of what me and my team do. But we're also at the heart of making sure that we know exactly what we're tapping and why. So we don't end up with some kind of crazy fucking eternal storm valley just because, I don't know, someone prayed to the wrong god or flicked the wrong switch. Am I right? So that's what we're here to figure out. we got to figure out exactly what this place is and how it works. Hmm. I, too, then, will aid you in this. Phenomenal. Um, Ida, can you roll me an insight check, please? Yes. At disadvantage, if you would. At disadvantage? God damn it. Starstruck. Uh, that's a 12. 12. Um, all right. This, yeah, this seems fully reasonable to you. Um, 
it's also not an unreasonable statement. <laughs> like she's not yeah. like, I don't know, for funsies. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this all tracks. Uh, Duncan, you turn back just in time to see Maka like agreeing. Um, Stabo has uh, begrudgingly agreed to go back and, and get uh, patched up. Um, but you get the sense you may have accidentally made a friend for life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think I think he'd be pretty okay with that. Like Duncan's mm. not above other warrior types, even if they're weird. Plus, he doesn't know a lot of goblins. This is kind of exciting for him because generally everyone has looked down on humans so intensely. This is just a big win. So I think, yeah, he'd be excited. Like, he would have had that that passing moment of like, yes, we'll do more science together. The peers will be joining you. And he turns back to see Maka Green. He's like, and so will Maka, which is good. He just kind of says to himself, not oh. sure how that convo could have gone. Great. Yeah, and Stabo's like, oh, I, all right, good. Well, if you guys aren't running away just yet, I'm and he coughs up some blood. He's like, I'm going to go uh, go lay down again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see you in a bit, friend. You go Sounds, sounds PG. Um, and he uh, he stumbles back and he's like, all right, all right. You can start rapping again. He just holds out his little goblin arms and they go back to like wrapping him up. I would like to administer medical treatment wherever it seems most urgent. Okay, great. Um, can you roll me a medicine check? This isn't to administer the medicine because we know you're good at that. This is, in fact, to get by the science people because I feel like if someone, if a giant turtle covered in spores comes by and is like, mm, I could heal you, they'd be like, ah, I don't know. I didn't read about that in the manual, so no. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grand darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hivebred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy. Available now. So my PDF, for some reason, the numbers in my skills are getting smaller and smaller every time I update them. (laughs) So what I thought was a plus five in medicine is actually a plus eight, which is great. Uh, (laughs) Upon zooming in immensely. Uh, I was going to say, so I I, I guess we just now know that like Maka's like clock is ticking. Like the powers of Jossie are fading smaller and smaller upon your sheet. (laughs) Say, Tyler, Uh, have you been accidentally just typing a new number and they'd be getting longer so they get smaller? No, because I fully like empty the space. I'm like, okay, nothing's here. Push a number in. And it's just, it's even smaller than it was before I emptied it. Uh, So that is a 22 medicine check. You sure you don't want to enhance, enhance, enhance? Oh, it's an 82. My God, this roll. (laughs) Um, okay, how do you uh, how do you convince the, uh, the science types? Again, you, they're they're and like you can see Maka the the medicine they're uh, administering is fine for a field treatment, but it's not good medicine. It really is the equivalent of like I'm gonna pour some hydrogen peroxide on the on an open wound and then like wrap it and be like you're good, buddy. Yeah. Um, so how Paramedics, do you? Uh, not doctors. If we were to use a medical yeah or like you know someone on the side like not the doctor who rushes the field when an athlete goes down in like say soccer but just like what are the linesmen who's like here you go pour some water on it all right you're good they're like yeah i guess i'm fine 
Um, so like not even a pair, like just keep going down. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, it's just like me with a first aid kit being like, I played video games <laughs> and I just like bash you with it until your health is up. Um, how do you convince the, uh, how do you convince the, the science folk who are kind of giving you, giving you that hoity toity, uh, eye that only, you know, people who consider themselves brilliant professionals can. I, I don't think I say anything. I think it's just purely like I provide an example. Um, Maka has his herbalism kit. Um, he would likely have a number of like poultices and things like that. And I think he just sees someone with like a bad like electrical burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just smears some like pulverized like vegetation that immediately right. like soothes the burn and like provides like a nice cooling sensation. Uh, uh, and like the person, the, the gnome or goblin like speaks for themselves to be like, Oh my God, that's so much better. <laughs> Literally everyone stops what they're doing and turns to look at you. And then all the people who were doing the treating come over and start like rolling up their sleeves and their pants and like showing you where their electrical burns are. Like we um, have evidence. <laughs> uh, and they're all like, help, help us now. Uh, and all the people who are legitimately wounded are kind of like, yay. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so Maki, you spend some time um, healing people up. Um, and yeah, I think likely not even leaning on, uh, on, on your actual spells, uh, yeah. so much, but literally just being able to administer aid. Um, and yes, you, you leave the stars in, in pretty good, uh, pretty good shape. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll say you have a bit of downtime, um, obviously because they, they pitched a tent, um, the star team was, was actively aware that they couldn't just like bulldoze through. So you do have some time to, to rest up if there's any questions you have for Sylvia or the team. Uh, you can ask those, but we'll say it's like, um, it's basically going to take them like now that they've fired off the field, um, you should actually have a little bit of safety in terms of, uh, movement for the next little while. So they're packing things up, but it's going to take them a while to recover as much of the gear as they can before moving on. So time for a short rest. If you want it, uh, you can spend, um, hit dice, regain things. If you need to regain things, if you can, um, but also you can ask a couple questions. Uh, I think Maka would just baby. Yeah, Maka hmm. would want to know where we're going. Um, if that means speaking to uh, what's her name, Sylvia, or or if there's somebody else who's kind of leading the expedition. Um, sure. Um, yeah, we'll say there's a there's a navigator. Um, she's a um, uh, kind of a, a mousy looking gnome. Um, okay. Where whereas a lot of the other ones are, are kind of hardy and hale. Um, think like a, a Judy Greer. Uh, shrunk to gnome size mm-hmm. um and is is clearly like less enthusiastic about everything that just happened um you can see that she's kind of trying to put back together like a map station um and you can see that she has uh what is clearly an incorrect map but uh, a pretty good estimation as as far as you can tell from from approaching um and um uh she, uh, yeah, so she's just looking uh, at a map. There's the observatory. It's similar to the um, uh, the 3D model you saw back in the uh, back at the clinic, um, but as done by someone who didn't have access to that. But basically, you can obviously tell where uh, the observatory is, and then uh, it would seem that you are just a little bit northwest of the observatory, and you're headed to kind of the uh, the far northeast. Um, okay. is the area she has has charted. Um, she's also marked the crash site uh, behind you, as well as uh, you can see she's created like a dotted line coming off of it um, to represent um, where, like as the ship went down, they lost gear. 
So she's kind of just marked the, the rough path of that, uh, which tracks with the the, the crash site uh, as you observed it. Um, notably, the clinic is not on here, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they're clearly aware of it because they sent out communications. And you can see a bunch of coordinates. Like she's got proper navigational coordinates charted out. The whole thing's on a grid. Like it's as 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 reasonable an approach you could take to uncharted territory as you could take. Um, yeah, and she's she's working away on that. Okay. Um, Maka will uh, gesture to our destination on the map uh, and say, uh, uh, what is it we are expecting to find at our destination? Hmm. Um, And she kind of jumps a little bit uh, as she turns and says, oh, uh, uh, sorry, I wasn't uh, expecting you. Yes, Um, very good. Uh, We... We're able to pick up some readings on uh, the cloud skimmer. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of our diagnostics were uh, interrupted by being struck repeatedly by lightning, as you know, you do. Uh, However, um, we were able to determine that there seems to be a large concentration of of, uh, mechanical processes occurring at this site that we've marked here to the east. Um, there are bad winds in in this this vicinity. Uh, We had to to dodge several um, swirling... um, uh, uh, funnel clouds uh, on our way in. Um, however, it would seem that uh, whatever these mechanical devices are there and are giving off a tremendous amount of power. They actually made some of our instruments go haywire, which is good news for us now, but was tremendously bad news for us then. Hmm. These mechanical devices, they do not belong to you. Hmm? Um, and uh, Shakespeare says, no, uh, uh, Apex has uh, w- mostly stayed away from this uh, particular site uh, for quite some time. There was no uh, particular reason to to come here other than to study it. Uh, but the uh, early expeditions sent uh, after uh, whatever the uh, anomaly was that caused all of this uh, uh, did not return. And the losses were considered uh, too costly for us to invest further in them uh, until uh, the STARS team was deployed uh, a, a day and a half ago. Hmm. You suspect these are the mechanical remains of your countrymen. Um, and uh, she stops to consider that. Um, and she says, it would be incredibly strange if they were. All of our apex frequencies were open, and yet we received no communications upon any of them. Uh, but it is not impossible, uh, nor is it impossible that uh, perhaps apex technology is being used here which is concerning, for if it was, we would have to recover it. After all, the the cost of such gear would, would certainly help pay for the expedition. And given the destruction of our cloud skimmer, we will be rather on the hook for um, the incidentals, as it were. Yes, it would be good to recover these. This is a good thought. Thank you. You're very good at this. I, I greatly appreciate your insight. Hmm. And then she also just sits and <laughs> stares directly at you. Also not really knowing social cues for the end of a conversation and instead yeah. just not being sure if you have more to say. He's also not sure if she has more to say. So you can just look at each other for a while. Yeah. The, the silent standoff. Yeah. yeah. But like the most pleasant silent standoff, like there's no tension in it. It's just no. literally two people. He's not just uncomfortable. Standing there staring yeah. at each other yeah. uh, in, in pleasant, like import required way. Um, great. Um, Ida, is there anything else you would want to do um, in the, uh, the field tent? Um, I, I think I would just, I would want to, um, approach, uh, Sylvia Tome, um, 
and just ask her, well, because I mean, she, she obviously has some theories about what's going on, or at least the general direction uh, mm. that she thinks things are going to, things are playing out and only because, um, you know, she's aware that this is unnatural and seems to must have evidence to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, Ida will just go up to her and say, um, uh, excuse me, uh, doc, Dr. Dr. Tom. Oh yeah. Hey, what can I do for you? Um, I, I, I wonder, uh, what your hypothesis is, uh, at, at the moment, your current working hypothesis, or if you have one, are you simply maintaining an, an open mind? Are you gathering information? What, what, what is your approach here? Um, also I should say, Duncan, if you want to get in on any of these, you, you certainly can. I feel like you're probably also a questioning person. So if you would be lurking nearby, feel free to insert yourself into any of these if you want. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. I think destination not. wise, honestly, Duncan, a lot of boxes have already been checked. The only question he has is in terms of the Dano stuff and he would wait until the other conversation is there. So I imagine he's probably hanging closer to Sylvia to overhear what's being said with Ita. Sure. Um, because he's also suspicious of this group. Gotcha. He doesn't know what they actually want from the storms, whether they're trying to create weapons, whether they're just planning to loot the friggin' place. Like, Apex is on his list of top possible suspects. So, <laughs> Eat is thrilled. Mach is neutral because Mach is neutral. And Duncan is um, suspicious, but willing to admit they may not be evil. Gotcha. Okay, great. Um, so, Sylvia turns back to you, uh, Ita. And she says, uh, yeah, uh, actually, that, that last one there. Um, some of the uh, the best um, sort of uh, meteorological minds uh, at Apex have uh, come up with all manner of theories about the value of eternal storms. Uh, and there have been, <laughs> I'll tell you, some crazy debates, uh, real fun stuff, lots of yelling, uh, some broken glass at one point. Um, someone had to get stitches. It was <laughs> it was quite, quite an afternoon meeting. Um, but... Uh, no one can come up with a proper theory of this because uh, Apex has not been willing to invest in an actual scientific party since uh, some of our uh, early expeditions failed to return. Um, this is bad. This is bad science. Just mindlessly speculating about a place based on casual observation from a distance. It's a bunch of empirical nonsense. It means nothing. So it took some convincing. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, my team and I had been deployed to some other uh, higher priority events. Um, however, uh, uh, it seems that I have finally got through to the eggheads above me, uh, who, uh, who, you know, keep their, their fingers in the, in the books. I mean, you're from the empire. You understand how careful finances are. Uh, Yes, as they should be. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Um, (laughs) but, uh, we finally managed to convince them that, uh, that, that determining the nature of this was, uh, was beneficial. Um, Ida, can you roll me an insight check, please? Yep. And I guess, Duncan, if you're you eavesdropping? Yeah. Can you roll me a stealth check first, please? Sure. I got a 13. 13? Okay. Uh, stealth is a 22. Insight is a 7. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you're successfully eavesdropping and hearing very little. Um <laughs> So, um, Ita, um, the way she's talking about this, it's, you're noticing that she's very specific about a lot of things and then is just leaving out a step. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just the, like, 
here's a bunch of very sound reasons why we couldn't come before. Oh, and then I guess they just decided we could come. Doesn't doesn't sit particularly well mm-hmm. with you. What you choose to do with that is up to you. Um, <laughs> and she just goes for it. Yes, but I still don't understand exactly how how, how did this change come about? How, why, why? I mean, why now? Do you roll me a persuasion check? Yes. <laughs> Seven. Um, and um, Sylvia just kind of leans forward and winks and says, uh, well, you know, when you're Sylvia Tome, the science gnome, sometimes mm-hmm. doors just open for you. So here we are. Uh, and oh. then she just smiles and like <laughs> pats you on the pats you on the the arm, and then um, goes back to to sciencing. And, and Ida just kind of puts her hands up and says uh, quietly, "But the doors were closed." <laughs> it's a fair point. Um, <laughs> so, quick question: Just as Duncan, wait, he's actually just been bandaging himself, so it's not so much stealthy in the sense of hiding as it is just in managing to make himself go unnoticed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, "We've seen a lot of uh, items." creates other developments that involve the House of Dano and a variety of uh, different logos and styles. Do you know anything about this house? Um, and she kind of like legitimately looks surprised and says, well, you, you said you, you, your name's Dano, right? I kind of thought maybe those were, were yours? They're not, but they may be related to, shall we say, a distant relation uh, that oh. I knew nothing about before I arrived. Well, I mean, we've seen, uh, we've seen a, a, a honestly, we, we saw a, a couple of shattered crates a while back um, that uh, just said, uh, you know, um, Danocore, um, but... That was it. They're empty, um, and also the wood was not of a particularly good quality, which I guess explains why the uh, the crates were shattered, um, as it were. But no, we didn't pay it too much mind. I mean, from what we understand, uh, historically, people came here all the time with with shit to grow it and such. So I, I just assumed it was left over from that or from another expedition. Uh, as uh, we understand from um, some of the distress calls that have been picked up by some of our nearby beacons, uh, people like to come in here and try and loot the place and uh, die. A lot. So we just assumed it was uh, someone doing that. But I guess it's your uncle or something. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. That yeah, that sucks. Oh, it's centuries past. Yeah, no, it'll just be a little bit of a shall we say a side mystery for me on the case of this journey. I'll see what I can discover. Oh, all right. Well, hey, I mean, look, we're, we'll keep our eyes open too. Uh, obviously, more more eyes, more evidence is is always good. And who knows if it's tied into all of this, then it's worth us knowing too. So we'll 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 help you where we can. On that note. Um, I notice that, uh, well, at least the two of you, I don't know if your, uh, your turtle guy over there wears clothes or not. Um, but, uh, I noticed, uh, none of you are wearing anything particularly insulated. Um, look, I'm happy to try and get you into the observatory, but I feel like I owe you more than that. So, um, before we kind of venture out into what's probably going to be a worse storm site, um, and she kind of like, um, uh, claps, briefly um and um a, like a couple of uh gnomes come out um with uh with a rucksack and they zip it open and um they uh they pull out um some uh jumpsuits that have been kind of rapidly modified um to the point mm-hmm. that they're more like uh think of them almost as flak jackets so it's not like a full 
suit. Uh, obviously, you guys also aren't the shape of anyone on this this ship, but they've kind of patched together vests, um, so it's sort of like bulletproof vests. Um, and uh, she's like, "Behold, gifts of science!" And then a bunch of other people echo it for her, so it sounds uh, more dramatic. And um, says, uh, "These are uh, these are made of the same materials our uh, our jumpsuits here. It's insulated. It won't give you too much, but it'll give you at least some protection against uh, these electrical uh, what you call them bolts." Correct. That's been our colloquial term for it. I like that. That's better nomenclature than uh, sentient electrical uh, aberrations, which is what we've been going with. It's a real mouthful. So fuck that noise. Let's go with yours. Um, give you some protection against the bolts at the very least. Um, my gift to you. Thank you for helping us. Uh, I hope you like green. It's the only color we got. This gift is greatly appreciated. Thank you, friend. So um, the vests are, again, kind of jury-rigged um, because they're they had to like cut the suits out. You can tell that the, the suits are double layered. Yeah. Um, there seem to be some like wires and other things in between them that they've had to kind of like move some outside. And there's some weird patch jobs. So they do look kind of shitty, but um, they'll do the job. Um, they give you um, uh, five temporary hit points uh, against uh, electrical. Oh, cool. Nice. So um, they, uh, they give you that. Um, once those five hit points are expended, uh, you can think of this almost like a halo shield. Um, once those five hit points are expended, uh, they'll be expended for the rest of combat. But if you're able to like take a breather, you don't even need a full rest. It's just like literally, if there is time between encounters, oh, cool. um, it'll it'll refresh right quick. It just can't when it's under under duress. Yeah. So to borrow the the term from another one, it would be with a scene of rest in between combat. Yes, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if it's like we're we're running up the stairs, we stop for a second at the bottom of the stairs before we bust into the next room. We're still in initiative order. That's fine. It's just whatever you have breathing space, it can recover. And if you're really fucked up, you can also actively be like, I run away and hide so my shield will come back. That's we we can play that out. Uh, we'll just probably roll for it. Maka, yours um, is likely. Um, I don't know. It's probably still a vest, just like a real real big and billowy one. Um, yeah, just like almost- a harness. Yeah, yeah, it's more of like a tunic almost, um, but cinched off. Because the other thing is, of course, it's it's meant to buffer electricity. So if it doesn't sit flush to you, it's kind of useless. Um, so, uh, yep, they kind of, like, yeah, they harness you in. Uh, you've got those. Um, and um, once once you're you're all in, um, they, like, uh, they show you, um, like, there's a mechanism um, on it to activate them. And it's just like a little knob. So you crank it on, click it shut, um, and uh, you kind of hear, like, a... As they power up, and um, <laughs> uh, I think Maka for you, it's a little bit uncomfortable hearing. I think the other two would probably ignore it because, like you, like particularly for you, Duncan, you grew up in Orvel, where like there was just this quiet hum all the time. But yeah, Maka, the quiet flapping of giant wings, exactly. As a <laughs> as a naturalist guy, it's real odd having kind of like a hum um, buzzing. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you feel a bit safer at the very least, which is nice. Um, and sure enough, as they, they they're going to leave the tent up because there's like it's heavy. <laughs> um, so kind of like packing a lot of the gear as like we'll leave some of the gear here, we'll move some of it forward. But it, you can tell it's a leapfrog operation back to the uh, the ship. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, they seem pretty much ready to go. Uh, any final preparations you would want to take before you you head into uh, the stormy east? Duncan's geared okay. up and ready to go. He's got nothing yeah. special for this. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Okay, great. Um, so uh, with your new storm weave vests and of science uh, mm. and uh, the gear packed up, 
Um, Sylvia um, kind of like shrugs the uh, the guitar uh, over her over her back um, and uh, kind of like nods. Uh, and they pull the tent down, um, just kind of turning it almost more into a tarp over the the gear that they're leaving behind. Um, and sure enough, the wind whips you as as it comes out. Um, you can see there there is sort of scorched burn marks everywhere from kind of where the electricity dissipated. But sure enough, for the first time since you've arrived, uh, since you left the clinic, actually, um, you've got an open field. There's no uh, lightning blasting down around you. You seem to legitimately have some space. Um, and as uh, Sylvia, you know, her her like long coat flaps out behind her. She kind of flicks her goggles down. Um, the uh, the the butt of the cigarette just kind of starting to soak to nothing, and sort of spits it out over her shoulder and says, uh, "Well, all right then, you guys, ready to go do some science?" Uh, and there's a cheer from the crowd um, as the three of you uh, kind of look to the horizon um, where you can see massive funnel clouds uh, touching down at your destination. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra. And the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock. And Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please, join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.